Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 7. If you have an electronic Bible device or something, Mark chapter 7. We're talking last Sunday and today about honoring God, how to honor God. There was a, a pastor who uh, was making his first trip to Korea. And I don't know if you know this, but there are some really strong churches in Korea. God has some, some people who love him with all their hearts in that country. And he was making his first trip there. Uh, a little bit anxious, so he talked to a friend who had been to Korea several times, asking him for some suggestions, some guidance on the culture and so on. So the friend shared some things with him. He said, for instance, when you meet someone new, out of respect, you bow. Now, not, you know, a big bow, but just a, a slight bow. It's a way of showing, you know, respect and honor. Uh, if you shake hands, he said, when you extend your hand, he said, it, the, to be courteous and show honor, you take your free hand and you'll either hold your, your elbow or your forearm, and I've been in some countries in Africa, for instance, where you do that when you greet someone and you shake their hands as a sign of respect. To do it just like this is, is rude. So it's a way of honoring people is to do it in this way. Uh, he shared with this pastor, another way you can honor people is you can give someone uh, a gift. And when you give them a gift, you always present it with two hands, never one. Present it with two hands, and when they receive it, they'll, they will receive it with two hands. And he said, never, never show them the bottom of your shoe, the bottom of your foot. He said, that's rude, really, really rude. So when you sit down, never prop your feet up on a table <laughs> or a desk. He said, that's just insulting, it's rude. You, don't, you honor people by keeping your feet on the ground. And so they talked for a while about some of the customs and culture and traditions and so on. And, and toward the end, the pastor asked his friend, said, well, what do you tell people from Korea and other, other countries when they come to America for the first time? And he said, I don't tell them, I don't tell them anything because um, honoring people is not as big a deal in our culture. Now, we, we greet people, right? We shake hands. We high five. We fist pump. I have one friend in our church. She and I, we, we greet each other with an elbow bump. We greet people. And maybe there were times when respect and honor was a bigger deal. In our culture, let's just say there was. But isn't it accurate to say that, that, that today in America, and it's been growing for some time, it's not new, it's just getting worse, that, that the place of honor and respect in our modern culture is not what it needs to be. Does anybody really disagree with that? Of showing people honor and um, respect? We've all, we have all the controversy about the the sports teams and the championship teams and whether or not they're going to the White House and, you know, the the Warriors aren't going to go and then the president says they're not invited. And, 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 and for years there have been some players who would not go to the White House, whether it was back with President Bush or President Obama. There's always been some of that, but now it's getting worse and worse. And each group hurls insults at the other and and, and each one, you know, I mean, and, and, and guys, let's, let's just be honest. There's not a lot of honor on either side in a lot of this stuff. Because we just, we just won't be big enough to show people honor and respect. That's a, that's a problem. And if you don't believe that, just look at Facebook. <laughs> look at Facebook when, when the election draws near. People post things on Facebook and Twitter that they would never say to someone's face. And uh, we hurl insults. And, and if we see it on Facebook, it has to be true, so let's forward it. <laughs> it's pretty nasty out there sometimes. Now, 
why, why am I talking about that in a sermon about honoring God? It's because I think if we're not careful, we get so wrapped up in this stuff that we forget how to truly honor God. Because it's hard to honor God the way God wants to be honored when we're treating other people so badly. See, God has certain ways he wants us to honor him. I, I became a follower of Christ when I was a teenager back in the 1970s. And I can remember as a young Christian, and you know, a lot of this stuff of how we honor God just kind of gets passed down to us from, you know, tradition and all that. And when I got saved as a teenager in the 70s, the big deal about honoring God was how long your hair was or wasn't. Any of y'all remember that? I mean, if, if your hair was down here, you weren't honoring God. It had to be, you know, cut really short if you were going to honor God, some people thought. I've known Christians, and they love the Lord, who think if you're going to honor God, ladies, ladies, if you're a lady and you're going to honor God, you will always wear a dress and never wear pants. There are some people who think if you wear pants, it dishonors God, right? Some of you know people who think that. The music you listen to, the music you don't listen to, all, on and on I could go. I mean, there, there, are people, there are people in Rock Hill who think I'm not honoring God because I'm not wearing a tie while I preach. That if I really want to honor God, I need to wear a tie because I'm not wearing a tie. I'm not honoring God. And here's the thing. So often as Christians, when it comes to honoring God, we focus on all these outer things, all these external things. And the whole time, God is focused on something, something different. Now, the story in Mark chapter 7, Jesus is in the northern area of Galilee on the western side of the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. He's been teaching. And some religious leaders in the story, they're called Pharisees and, and scribes. They were a very strict, very strict religious group of Jews, religious leaders of Judaism at that time, traveled from Jerusalem to where Jesus was in Galilee. So it's a good distance. It wasn't a quick trip. It wasn't a day's walk. And they come to check Jesus out. And in Mark chapter 7, in, in verse 1, it says they gather around him. Now, I get this picture. Here's Jesus been teaching these people, and all of a sudden these very strict religious leaders are hovering all around Jesus, you know, like, 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 a, you know, like a, you know, a vulture over a dead prey in the middle of the road. They're just ready to attack. They're just surrounding him. That's the image I get. And notice what it, what it says. They had seen, the reason they did this, they had seen Jesus' disciples, his followers, notice that, eating bread with impure hands, that is, unwashed. Now, you and I, uh, uh, when we go to lunch today, we're going to go uh, to, uh, to the restroom or wherever, and we're going to wash the fellowship off our hands, the germs, right? Okay. That was not the reason they did it. It wasn't about germs. It was, they didn't even know germs. It wasn't about clean hands. It was about religious purity because they thought if you were going to be a really good Jew, a really devout Jew, you had to go through a certain ritualistic way of washing your hands a certain way. And, and, and if you did that, then your hands would be pure. 
and therefore the food you ate would be pure. And as it went in you, then your body would be pure. But if you didn't wash your hands in this religious ceremonial way, then your hands were dirty spiritually, religiously dirty, and therefore you made the food dirty. And when the dirty food went in you, it made you spiritually dirty. They thought, if I'm going to honor God, that's how I do it. I I do all these ceremonial religious washings of my hands so I can be pure. And the disciples didn't do that. Jesus' disciples didn't do that. Now, folks, if Jesus' disciples did not do that, it was because he didn't insist on them doing it. But these religious leaders said, oh, you've got to do that if you're going to honor God. So verse 3. He says, here's all these other things. They, b- b- verse 3, he said, they, uh, they, they won't eat unless they're careful to wash their hands. And notice he says, these are the traditions of the elders. It's been passed down to them from their religious you know, forefathers. It's, it's not the traditions of God. It's not the Word of God. It's their religious tradition. It's their cultural traditions. Verse 4. And when they come from the market, in other words, when these religious, really strict religious people go out to the market, they go to, they go to the grocery store, they go to the mall, they go to Lowe's or Home Depot, they're interacting with everyday people. And because of that, religiously, they, they become undirty. They're hanging out with all these dirty sinners and therefore, you know, religiously, ceremoniously, they're dirty. And so when they get home, they go through all of this ritualistic washing, not only of their hand, but their whole body. And their clothing. So they won't religiously contaminate their house and contaminate their food and contaminate themselves. And he said there's many other things they do like that. And, and, and they, they even have all these rules about what, how they wash the dishes. And so in verse 5, they ask Jesus. Now the story picks up. They ask Jesus, why do you let your disciples do that? Get away with that. They're not honoring God. Why, why do you n- not make them follow the tradition of what? The elders. Listen, whenever you, whenever you elevate tradition and culture to a place of equal authority with Scripture and the Word of God, you have already made a major mistake. Because there is no cultural tradition that is equal to the authority of, of God's Word. We don't honor God with all those traditions. We honor God by doing what God says. Not the tradition of the elders, but the word of God, the authority of God, the commandments of God, the teaching of God. That's how you honor God. So how do you honor God the way God says, the way God wants? Last week, I spent the whole sermon setting this up and talking about one way is we honor God, Scripture says, by tithing and what we do with the other 90% and having integrity with our use of of money. Okay? That's one way. Jesus said the way God says matters because he continues in this story. In verse 6, he looks at these who said who've been hung up on all this outer stuff rather than the real life stuff. He said, look, he said, look, Isaiah the Old Testament prophet was right when he said this about you and your forefathers. This people honors me with their lips with their mouth with their heart is far from me you see when you're honoring god with your heart that means you honor him with all the things you care about and if you care about money you honor him with that because that's part of your heart what you say it takes more than just words let's look at the next verse 
In vain, Isaiah the prophet, and Jesus is quoting the Old Testament book of Isaiah. He said, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrine, as truth of God. What they're teaching as the truth of God is actually the precepts, the traditions of men. Neglecting, when you do that, he says they're neglecting the commandment of God, the clear word of God, neglecting that in order to try to honor God through the traditions they've created. And so God says, if you really want to honor me, if you really want to honor God, listen to what I'm saying. Last week, honor me with your money. Today, let me show you three or four other ways real quickly, just in kind of shotgun fashion, to biblically honor God. Okay, here's the, here's the, the first one. Honor God by the way you talk to and about other people. Look at the book of James chapter 3. Look what it says. He says, with it, in this passage, he's talking about our tongue, the way we talk. He says, with it, we bless our Lord and Father, so we honor God, we praise God. And with it, the same tongue, we curse men. It is amazing what some people who go to church and say they love Jesus post on Facebook. What some people who go to church and say they love Jesus post on Twitter. What some of us say because we get all worked up having watched all of these political programs or whatever. With our same mouth, we praise God, we bless God, we honor God, and curse people. And he said, even those people who insult you, those people you don't agree with, those people you may not even like, he said, even those people are made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth comes blessing, cursing, my brethren. should be this way. Last Sunday, I, uh, I mentioned Billy Graham. The fact that uh, you know his will had been publicly made known recently, and and it, he had honored God with his money because he had tithed during his life, and and death in his will he tithed his estate to God's work. But Billy Graham was often called America's what? America, America's pastor, pastor to presidents, the friend of presidents. Let me ask you, was, was Billy Graham only the pastor to a, a Democrat president or Republican president? Did you ever pay attention to how he spoke to people and about people? Maybe we could learn something from that. Gordon MacDonald, a well-known Christian speaker and author and seminary chancellor and so on, um, when he was a young man, 24 years old, met Billy Graham while he was in seminary. And um, he wrote about it. He said uh, he was standing there, and the person hosting Dr. Graham introduced him and, and said the whole thing only lasted about 10, 15 seconds, just real quick. Um, and so the, man, you know, the, the guy hosting him said, Billy, I'd like you to meet Gordon McDonald. So here's this 24-year-old scrawny seminary student and uh, Gord McDonald said the thing he remembers about that 10-15 second encounter is that Billy Graham stuck his hand out firmly shook his hand looked him straight in the eye and said Mr. McDonald it's an honor to meet you and he said for the next several weeks I felt really good <laughs> God says you want to honor me do it in how you talk to people and how you talk about people. And some of us 
Some of us need to spend a little less time on Facebook, a little less time watching the news, and a little more time reading the Word of God because if we do that, we'll start thinking more like God, talking more like God, have more grace in us, and it'll make a difference. And by the way, you'll be a lot happier. You'll have some time for some real people in your life. How about that? You want to honor God? Honor Him with how you talk about people and how you talk to people. All right, number two. God says, you want to honor me? Then honor me by obeying my design for your sexual life. Okay. That's a real 90-degree turn, isn't it? Honor me by obeying my design for your sexual life. 1 Corinthians 6, he's talking to a group of Christians in a church that was pretty messed up. He's talking to them about their sexual values, their unfaithfulness to their spouse, some of them even having relations with prostitutes. And notice what he says. He says, flee immorality. The word immorality there is the Greek word pornea, meaning sexual relations with anyone who's not your spouse. Flee it. Run away from that. The next verse, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? That that because you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives within you. Your body is the temple that God lives in through the person of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on in that verse to say that when you commit sexual immorality, you are sinning literally with your body that God lives within. You are abusing the very temple of God. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. How? In your body, your sexual values. Now, see, it's so easy for us to get caught up with what the culture, what the culture says. So, so the, the culture, everybody's posting on Facebook, and we read it, and we want to forward it. Forward it. On, 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 in the culture, we watch all these news broadcasts, and, there's, and, and nobody's just trying to get at the truth. Everybody's just shouting at each other, and, and, and we pick sides, and we insult people, and on and on. And then it comes to the sexual values, and, and we, the culture says this, and we say, well, okay. God says, if you want to honor me, you do it my way. How you talk about people and talk to people and with your sexual, with your sexual values. Um, there was a study done recently. They looked at uh, two groups of women. One group of, of women, they, they were married, they had husbands. And the other group of women were not married, but they were living with someone. And they wanted to study them uh, to test their, 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 how they dealt with stress, okay? And so they, uh, the way they did this, they, they hooked this little gadget up to their ankle, and they would give them a small shot of electricity <laughs> while taking an MRI of their brain, okay, an MRI of their brain to see, you know, what was going on, all right? And so these women are in this chair, and this, this, this electrode or whatever is on their ankle, and they're going to shoot that electricity, and they're taking an MRI of their brain, and the women have a choice. They can sit there alone. They can sit there holding the hand of the person they're living with but not married to, or they can sit there holding the hand of their husband. You know what they found? It was interesting. As they, as they looked at the MRIs, and the seconds leading up to that jolt of electricity the women who were holding the hands of their husband 
their brain showed this great sense of calmness. In the seconds leading up to the jolt of electricity, the brain of the women holding the hand of the person they were living with but not married to was exactly the same as the brain of the woman who was holding the hand of a total stranger. Because there's just, see, see, there's just something about when, when you do it God's way, there's a depth of love and a depth of trust that the world can't replicate. God knows what he's talking about. There's a difference in saying I'm committed and being committed, and you know it deep down. And so Jesus said, don't just honor me with your mouth, but with your heart, the things that you really care about. There's a reason God says wait for marriage. A reason God says wait, be faithful, be faithful to each other within marriage. There, there's a reason pornography is damaging to you and to your marriage. There, there's, there's a reason God expects men to treat women with respect. So honor God by how we talk to people and about people. Honor God with by obeying his, uh, his design for, for our sexual lives. Number three, honor God by living in such a way we don't give people who don't love God a reason to be mad at God. In other words, live in such a way we don't give lost people a reason to say something bad about God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 12, he said, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Now Peter is writing this letter to a group of Christians who were Jews that became believers. So they, they, are, they, are, they have a Jewish background. Today we would call them Messianic Jews, Jews who became followers of Christ. And so for them, the word Gentile would refer to anyone who was not a believer, anyone who was not a follower of Christ. And so what God in the Bible is saying is keep, Christian, believer, disciple, keep your behavior excellent in the church. Well, you should, but that's not what he's saying. Keep your behavior excellent where? Outside the church. In the community, at work, school, on the ball field, the basketball court, in the stadium during the ball game. <laughs> Driving on Interstate 77 early in the morning. <laughs> Y'all pray for me on that one, okay? Keep your behavior excellent out there. Why? So that when people want to criticize you because you don't live like them, because you're following Jesus and you're different, and they think you're weird and evil and crazy because you won't get drunk and you won't cheat and you won't steal and you won't do this and you won't... And, 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 and so they be such a good person. Let your good deeds, your good deeds, be such a good person, a good person, consistently be such a good person that in, in time you just silence them. And then on the judgment day, all they can do is just throw up their hands and say, God, I give you glory because, man, they were good. You want to you glorify God, live in such a way, you don't, you don't give people a real legitimate reason to say anything bad about God. And that'll do it. Silence your critics. All right, and here's the fourth and last one. God says, honor me by witnessing for me, your Lord. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, sanctify, sanctify Christ as Lord in our hearts. What does that mean? Hmm? To sanctify means to 
to set, a, set something apart and dedicate it to God. To consider it sacred and special. And so, so he's saying, in your heart, in your heart, that place where, where, where we think of the, you know, here, here's the things I feel most, feel the, the deepest, the things that I care about. He said, in your heart, sanctify Jesus. Give him that sacred, dedicated, elevated place where he is Lord. In your heart. And when you do that, you will, you, you will reverence him so much and have so much love for him and he will be Lord. You, 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 will, you will worship him so much. It'll be, it'll be so much about him. You won't be afraid to talk about him in front of people. All right, um, where's David and Sandra Harmon? Where y'all at? I, I, I didn't plan this, but I'm going to do it. Where, where y'all at? They, they in this service? Where you at? Wave at me. I can't see. There you are. Now, David and I had breakfast earlier this week. You know what we talked about? Grandbaby. They got, they got a new grandbaby. Sandra came in this morning back here, and, and, and she didn't even say hi. She just pulled out her phone and said, you see this picture? Because you love, you love your kids. You love your grandkids. You love your husband. You love your wife and, and those grandkids. And you sanctify and you talk about it because you're proud of it. Jesus said, sanctify me in your heart and in your life and love me and be proud of me and talk about me out there in the world. Don't be ashamed of it. You won't honor God. Maybe silence is golden when it comes to all the social media stuff and all the political stuff. But when it comes, brothers and sisters, when it comes to evangelism, silence is not golden. Silence dishonors God. Honor Him by talking about the Lord of your life. Make a defense to everyone. Explain to everyone why you have hope. You have hope of heaven and hope of life and hope of a resurrection and hope of eternity. Explain it to them. On Father's Day is next Sunday. When you invite some people to come to church, you, you invite some men out there. Hey, we're having Father's Day next week. It's going to be a, a great time. We've got some giveaways to come. And join us when you when you invite people to come and worship with you on Father's Day. You're honoring God. July one, we have our annual celebration of freedom, that big patriotic service that we love so much. That's the favorite for many of you. You know, the, and I look forward to being here and preaching that Sunday and and uh, recognizing all the vets, and the music, and the flags. And it's going to be a blast. Uh, when you when you invite people who don't go to church to come, when you invite veterans to come, when you invite people to come to church that day, you're honoring God. Vacation Bible School starts tonight, and when you, you invite your grandchildren and you invite your neighbor's kids, and you, you pick up the phone and call a co-worker, and, and, and you say, I'll come by and pick up your kids, and they can come with me and my kids or my grandkids. When you invite them to Bible school and you bring them to Bible school, you're honoring God. 
Next Sunday, a good friend of mine for the last uh, three-plus decades, Dick Lincoln, is going to be preaching, and he's, he's a great preacher. And when you say, hey, we've got this guest speaker next Sunday, I want you to come and hear him because it's going to be really good. And uh, uh, you invite them, you invite them, you invite them, you invite them. You're honoring God. You, you invite a man to come and throw that little beanbag, play cornhole. I don't know who came up with that name. But anyway, when you invite them to come next Saturday night and, and play and hang out with some Christian guys, guess what? You're honoring God. But when you keep your mouth shut, you're not. See, when, when, I, when I became a new believer as a teenager in high school back in the 70s and, and my hair was here and I was witnessing on campus and, and, and had 110 students show up to a classroom during activity time for a Bible study. God didn't care what my hair looked like. He cared about the fact I was honoring him but talking to people about him. You get it? Do you get it, church? Don't, don't let the culture and the world tell you how to honor God. Look into his word and honor him the way he says Honor me. And when you do that, guess what? <laughs> the world changes. People change. God uses you to impact others. But when you just do everything the world's way, guess what? Nobody changes. Nobody's blessed. And the world isn't made better. So honor him. And there's other ways, but that's all I've got time to talk about. We just do those things. Guess what? If we just do that, can't you imagine what life would be like? So honor the Lord. That, that little Greek word we translate honor in our English Bible means to value, to respect, to esteem highly. You want to value God, to esteem God highly, do it in ways that matter to Him. <laughs> 